This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Welcome. Of course, the big news of the of uh, the day that everybody's talking about is that huge BYU win over the number one team in the country. <laughs> How uh, did we get through the radio show? I don't know. Mention I don't know, but I had to rectify it. <laughs> had to rectify it. That was big. I will say, it I was, was uh, big. Man. I walked by a TV uh, that had had that game <laughs> on. I was not watching it, mm-hmm. uh, and there was about 15 seconds left in the game. They were up, say six. I was like, holy crap, All Pat is going to be insufferable on Monday. <laughs> All we're going to hear about is BYU yeah. being the greatest team ever. Yeah, uh, they, and they beat, I mean, at, what, they were 29-0? 29-0. It was at First home on, uh, on senior night as well? Yeah, for, and uh, for Gonzaga. Gonzaga's home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Spokane. So that was a big, that was a big win. But, sure. you know, to be honest, I've expected that kind of thing from them all year and didn't get it. But, that, it's you know, they've had an okay season for as young a team as they are. Um they're 21 and 10 and uh, just beat the number one team in the country with they start three sophomores and two freshmen. So it's a young team. So, yeah, up and coming. Some promise ahead. Triple eight, seven, eh, but this year they'll probably wind up in the NIT. <laughs> so which I will sucks. say, in this day and age of college basketball, three sophomores might be the oldest team in the, in the entire nation. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> yeah, kidding. I mean, I, do they I mean, when that? you're talking Kentucky and Duke. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like they say they all, they're all one, one and done, as they say. Uh, especially Kentucky. Kentucky's just ridiculous. But smart. They're just I, a farm team for, for the NBA. I like it, though, because they, they found <laughs> a way to essentially exploit the rules in a completely legal way and have embraced it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where I just like, I think that's just smart. Oh, what's his face at Kentucky sure yeah. has he embraced it. Everyone's like, one and done. How dare you? And, and, and normally, 
It's kind of like Trump. Like, normally they'd be like, one and done, no, um, uh, how dare you? And he'd be like, look, we're not one and done. We are encouraging the athletic achievement and academic achievement of all these kids. It's very important (laughs) to us. We swear. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, they're here for, I don't know, a few months and not even a year. Not even a year. One and done is wrong because they come here and they leave immediately after the basketball season. They don't finish the year. We don't even pretend they go to class. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's basically what he's doing. I kind of like it. It's like, at least he's honest. Most of them haven't even seen the campus. Yeah. So uh, just just am- right to amazing. the auditorium to yeah. play. I mean, that's it's amazing. It's, so I kind of I, I kind of do like the uh, honesty of that. But it, it's changed. I mean, that's why I have no use for college basketball anymore. I, mean, I, I don't watch it really at all. During the tournament, I'll flip it on here and there. But I really, it's uh, yeah. But not everybody's like that. Like BYU. I mean, they'll they'll stay. I, yeah, I, they'll stay. I, not very many guys have left. I can't remember. Maybe Jimmer left. Before his senior yeah, year, yeah, only after his junior year, right? Yeah, after his after his junior year, I think he did. But um, you know, I think most of them still stay because not everybody gets the top ten talent yeah. that Kentucky gets every year. I think was it last year or the year before Kentucky got the one, three, five, and eight uh, recruits in the nation. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's like well. Okay. They're going to be pretty good. Even their freshman year, that's going to be a pretty good team. Uh, It's amazing, too, because there's the amount of people that actually go to the NBA. Like, they were talking about a couple of uh, the Mavs that made a trade uh, here in Dallas recently with with Philly, which they got, which looks like it's going to be two number two draft picks um, for a player. And the two number two draft picks, the analysis of that is almost never do number two draft picks actually become rotation players. Rotation players, like in the rotation. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, like there's that few people that actually make a difference coming out wow. of college basketball that number two picks are essentially yeah, relatively worthless. Number two or second round? Second round. Second round, yeah. okay. They're just second round picks. Yeah. That's kind of incredible when you yeah, think that, about it. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and it's, you know, so I guess it's, it's still, amazing. A lot of people are not coming out uh, after only for the freshman year. Yeah. Uh, but it, it does, it, you lose that star power, I think. that That's been lost out of college basketball. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Um, oh, one more thing on on basketball. Uh, Cleveland Cavalier star Kyrie Irving was at some <laughs> summit or there's some com- conference and they're t- talking about conspiracies. And he just all of a sudden blurted out. In fact, I don't know if that was even the subject, but he blurted out, uh, "The Earth is flat." And everybody looked at him like, "Wait, what?" And he he said he said it again. The Earth is flat. The Earth is flat. This is not even a conspiracy theory. The Earth is flat. It's right in front of our faces. I'm telling you, it's right in front of our faces. They lie to us. The Earth is flat. And he was serious. Serious. Yeah. I, I weird. I mean, how can a guy in the NBA in this day and age, you know, he's had access to the internet, to television, to newspapers, to photographs, perhaps of a globe. Uh, that have been taken from space and show a, I don't know, globe, not a flat disc like a CD. It's, a, it's an actual globe. I, I don't know how you get this theory and have it so set that well, you... I, you know, it may, I will say it made sense in the 1600s, in the 1700s. Even in the 1800s, I would say up until we started launching things into space, at least you could make the argument. Now, people would go around the globe, and once they started going around the globe and ending up on the other side, it was hard to, dispro- to say no. However, only a few people had done that. Yeah. Right? It wasn't super, not like everyone went around the globe all the time. So, like, you could convince, again, I, I'm not saying that 
you know, it should have been. We obviously know it's not true. However, like as a normal person, you know, working at a factory, you might say, well, it looks freaking flat to me. Everyone keeps saying it's round, but I don't see any proof of that. You could actually kind of understand. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but like when you're, if you can't elevate to 30,000 feet, yeah. Right? Like, you know, when you're not flying through the air and you can see the curvature of the Earth, even from airplanes, like, this is not like you need to be in space for this. But, yeah, there's another point. A lot of people have flown, and from a certain distance, you can kind of see the curvature in the distance. I will say, uh, as of someone who's in the NBA, surely he hasn't taken a flight. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, big yeah that's a good point. Yeah, they just bus everywhere they go. Yeah, and I'm sure he's fl- playing at international tournaments. You know, really weird. Uh, really weird. But I mean, I you know, I, I don't know how you convince yourself of that. Yeah. In the 1600s, I can understand how you convince yes. yourself of that. Yes. In the 1700s, I mean, like if one yes. of our founding fathers was a flat earther, um, it would be weird because of the way you know, you know, it would be weird. But still, like you could almost understand with no. Way to, I mean, you know, unless you go around the earth, I mean, you do hear mm-hmm. the stories, but I mean, what if you didn't believe the stories? Yeah. What if you believed it was fake news? Yes. And you might. And you might. And you I mean, might. That's, that's what Kyrie is, apparently. All right. 888727 back. Uh, Trump says not, he's, he's not going to the White House uh, press dinner, which I love. I think, I think that's a great decision. I hate that event. Yeah, it's stupid. And it, it's, it's agonizing. I will not be attending the White House Correspondents Association dinner this year. Please wish everyone well. And have a great evening. The end. <laughs> I, I like way. that. Again, I like that. Donald Trump is not known for he, his way of handling these things gracefully. That's a great way of handling it. Because not only did he, was, he didn't even do like a dumb. I was surprised by that. Actually. Sad tweet. Or like, yeah. oh, the White House Correspondent Center is a joke. Sad. Like, yeah, he is, didn't do that. Hey, hey, guys, have fun. I don't yeah. care. I'm not going to be part of it. But go have fun. I think that's great. Yeah. And, and I, I'll bet you the 2011 appearance by him at the yeah. dinner when he was just a businessman, had a lot to do with it. Remember some of the footage of that night when they were, uh, when they were joking on Donald? He was not happy. He was not, not happy. Not happy about yeah. it. I mean, and it, you know, it goes to uh, you know, the reporting that's been done on that is that's one of the motivations for him at running for president. He was so pissed off that he, not because he got insulted, but because he wasn't taken seriously that. by that crew. He wanted to be seen as a real power player, and he wasn't. I mean, people thought of him as a joke as he was being a birther. No one believed he would actually run for president. Uh, and that, so he decided to prove them wrong by running and then Which eventually winning. Which he stinking did. Mm-hmm. To his credit. Um, meanwhile, Vanity Fair and The New Yorker uh, said they would not hold exclusive parties before or afterward. In addition, the, cap, the casts of Veep, House of Cards, and Scandal all said they wouldn't be attending either. Now, they were not attending because Trump's the president and they don't want any part of that. Um, and then Trump doesn't want any part of them, so he's not, maybe this will end this stupid event. Be nice. Be great. Should have been never started. I mean, you know, go back again. Glenn will be ranting on this tomorrow, I'm sure. I'm sure the he history will. History of it. But Woodrow yeah. Wilson wanted to do it because he wanted the close relationship, which is the thing that we complain about today. I mean, he wanted that close yeah. relationship with the press, so they all were thought of as friends and co-workers rather than adversaries. Yeah. That's what Woodrow Wilson wanted. He didn't like the way it was being covered. And, and he got it, really. I mean, I don't know if that was the whole reason he got it, but he got it. We mentioned briefly on radio the last person to miss a White House press dinner was Ronald Reagan. And that was because he'd been shot. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, I mean, was he still in the hospital? Uh, he was recovering. I'm not sure so, if he was actually in the hospital, but he was recovering. Yeah, could have gone. I, so. I, I will say, Jodie Foster was impressed, though. That's what—that's the important part of the well. She and that. Hinckley got married afterwards. <laughs> I think uh, so. Yeah, they were, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, no, that didn't. Uh, that did not happen at all. It's amazing too. Uh, here's another. It's another patents do side trip. <laughs> uh, Hinckley was just released. Uh, yeah, a couple yeah. of months ago, right? Yeah, he, well, he'd been he's over the past out now, completely, yeah, completely. The number of the years, I think he still has to report, uh, still has to check in. But for a number of years now, for several months, uh, he would be was able to go and stay with his mom or go away. Yeah, and be by himself for weeks at but a he time. Still had, yeah, yeah, and which, now is, which was bad enough. Right. He should right. never be never be allowed out yeah. ever. Come on, man, ever. It's ridiculous. He shot the president of the United States. Yeah, and this goes for Democrat, for Republican, anybody. Mortally wounded. I mean, he's he uh, yeah. seriously wounded uh, James Brady, mm-hmm. and a couple other guys. One of the, a Secret Service agent. Uh, uh, I mean, that was a serious serious yes. incident. And Reagan, it, it wasn't reported very well at the time. They made it like, ah, he's an Iron Man. He was fine. He was near death mm-hmm. at the very beginning. That was a serious, serious shooting. Now, he recovered really well, uh, but it was touch and go there for a while. Yeah, and to me, I don't care if you think, well, he was insane back then and now he's sane. So what? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I think I mean, now I, that's part of the deal, too, is where they're, they're confident that he'll continue to take his meds and he'll be... Right, but uh, what if he, he doesn't? Ta- he's what? obviously shown he's capable. You know of where he can take those things. meds? In prison. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. you might even put him in a in a minimum security, make it a little bit nicer. It doesn't right. need to be in the hole not the whole time. But just go home. No, not just go home, and not not even leave for the weekends. No, you want to have visitors, and he's been doing Five. that for years. For years, yeah. And not and just weekends. It the whole time. Seventeen days at a time. Yeah, I totally it's, oppose that. It's been a pretty weird. It sure a, has. That's a weird event, and I I don't remember a similar instance. Where somebody has done something that serious and then been paroled like that or let go like that. Why? If, if it had been, say, Barack Obama who'd been shot, would his assailant be allowed out on weekends and two weeks at a time? I, I freaking hope not. No way. Never. No way. I mean, and, I, and you know what? What about what he's 80? <clears throat> Never. No. What about what he's 95? Never. Never. What about if he's 126 years old? Never. Period. You don't yeah. you shoot. A, 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 I mean, again, you're shooting the president of the United States here. Yeah. Uh, no, never, ever, ever. Sorry, you lost your chance at yeah, polite society. I know. I, wow. Look how chance. restrictive we are. We are restricting that activity. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, um, we really are, though. We really are. We're, restri- we're saying no to shooting presidents of the United States. This goes back to uh, when uh, George W. Bush was president. And they'd be like, oh, he's just invading Iraq because they wanted to come get his daddy. You're like, do you know what you're saying right now? (laughs) What you're saying is a foreign president wanted to assassinate a former president of the United States. That's not just his daddy. That is an international, absolutely start a war incident. Now, that's not the basis of the war. No, but if, However, it, were, if it were, I'd be okay with it. That would be it. completely fine. <laughs> yes. if, if we were like, you know what, we, <coughs> so what? We tried to kill Vincente Fox. Yeah, they'd be pissed. Yes, yes they would be pissed. That's yes, not just a thing. It's not to say, oh, well, oh, he wants to kill his daddy. Is there a more, first of all, from a personal perspective, is there, is there a more... Um, central thing that you could do to piss off somebody than try to kill a member of their family. Again, no. let's bring it around to the Obamas. Mm-hmm. If Michelle became president and, 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 yeah. and ISIS went after Barack Obama, 
and we went to war against ISIS because of it. Wouldn't we be okay with that? Yep. Okay, you tried to kill a former president. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's we're coming to get you now. Yes, and that was not his justification for the war. However, if it no. had been, it would be, be actually okay fairly legitimate. Yeah, Again, you'd have to have a high standard of proof, and you probably would try other things. I got it, but I mean that is absolutely. I mean, think about we always talk about the uh, what's his face from World War One, um, Archduke Ferdinand moment, mm-hmm. where, where an, a, a public official gets assassinated, and it starts a world war. Those things started started world wars for our entire gl- history as human beings. Mm-hmm. Those things start wars. Mm-hmm. You go and you, if you're you're Saddam Hussein and you try to kill George H W Bush, then yeah, you know what? There's an argument to say Barack Obama should send us to war for that. Forget about it being uh, you know part of um, a family uh, uh, part of the history. That just that just you know is a, is a messy complaint. But, I mean, in reality, uh, you know, that is, you try to kill leaders of other countries, yeah, Pretty you get a legitimate. war. It happens all the time. Pretty legitimate. Mm. Uh, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. All right. Uh, you know, a lot of weird things happen with um, phone carriers. Uh, most of them are super liberal. Most of them uh, are owned by people who believe in liberal and progressive causes. And then what they do is they take your money and use it to undermine your conservative beliefs. Now, that doesn't have to be the case because there's a great alternative now. Yeah, Patriot Mobile is that alternative. Patriot Mobile uh, offers, and, and we can't get into all the tech stuff with you, bore you to tears for one of many reasons. But, I mean, you're going to get all the stuff that you get from other, the other big uh, phone companies. Uh, all, all the nationwide talk and text with high-speed mm-hmm. 4G, LTE data at competitive prices. And honestly, they're better uh, than uh, every offer I've seen, at least. Uh, plus, they're going to donate 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. Patriot Mobile even buys out your current contract. If you're still stuck in one of those two-year contracts, they'll pay up to $500 to get you out of it per, per line. And, yeah, you can keep your phone number, and you get great nationwide coverage, all while supporting conservative values that you believe in. Yeah, and that's a great example of it. I mean, a lot of phone companies are going to say they're going to buy you out of their contract. I've never seen one as high as $500. Not ever. I mean, that is, uh, that's a great offer. We'll pay up to $8.56 <laughs> to get you out of your contract. <laughs> oh, thank you. Also, they're going to add on to that as well, giving you a $35 activation fee with the promo code Pat and Stu. Got to use the promo code Pat and Stu to get that deal. So do it okay. at patriotmobile.com slash Pat and Stu. Hmm. Or call them at 1-800-A-PATRIOT. It's patriotmobile.com slash Pat and Stu or 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Hi, it's Pat and Stu. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. You know what? I've always felt like the conservative movement is Donald Trump. <laughs> really? Donald Trump is conservatism, and conservatism is Donald Trump. Amen. And I really? think that's been, wow, I mean, that's been proven. Mm. That's, oh, that's been proven over time. The subject of this particular story that you're seeing on screen is... And uh, there it is. And that's Politico, although it's from right Tim, Tim Alberto, who's, uh, well, the National Review is where I, I know him from. Oh. Um, but uh, he, this particular piece is in Politico. It's amazing to, to read, um, mm-hmm. because he's talking about his experience of being there. Um, first of all, an incident I did not hear about. Apparently, um, people handed out um, Russian flags two members uh, at CPAC with the word Trump over it. 
And the people at CPAC were actually waving them, thinking, not realizing they were Russian flags. It was a liberal group. They came in to prove what? how ridiculous uh, it, it was. It didn't last long. Oh, didn't my last long. Because uh, the organizers recognized it, not the people who were actually doing right. it. And again, like they thought, well, it said Trump, and it had red, it white, and blue on it. does show um, you what boneheads some of them are. Yes. Though. Not everyone, obviously. Not all of them. I mean, look, you know, I don't know. I think it's pretty bad. I would never... Would you ever wave a... Tra- look, Cruise. No. You ever wave a, cr- a flag no. with cruise no, on it? No. But I can understand, you know, if you're at an event like that and someone hands you well, a flag. Well, come on. If it's got a hammer and sickle on it, you're going to think, well, I'm, well not, no. I'm not doing that. And obviously, they just didn't even know the Russian <laughs> right. Federation flag, which is, you know. Okay. All right. Bad. So we go um, back to Pat's boneheads. Never mind. Right. Uh, <laughs> this is from Tim Alberta. To spend three days at this year's CPAC um, uh was to witness an ideology conforming to an individual rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. What, a, what an, a, a great way of putting that. That's a great way to put it. And that's not that's good. That's really what happened. That is what happened, though. And, and to, give it, to give you a, a moment of perspective on this, the reason why these stories are important to us, particularly in this audience, is to the extent that you will get good conservative things out of Donald Trump, it will be because people are holding him to a conservative standard. Mm-hmm. And... I think we have seen a lot of good things out of the administration. Some I don't agree with, some, some I do. But you constantly have to put pressure on Donald Trump from the right, or you may lose him. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, so that's important. And it's important that we all kind of continue to, to go down these roads and, and revisit them, not because, as in the primary, where I thought there were better candidates. This is more to hold him to a standard that he continues to say what he said he would do, right? Mm. Um, things like the, you know, Gorsuch, for example, being the best example of, of the gr- good things that he's done so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been others. Uh, you know, he's done, I think, a really good job with the EPA um, as he's made those appointments. Generally, he's done a good job with the cabinet, I think. Yeah, I think to the extent that, uh, like, you have... Tillerson, I have no problem with. Yeah, t- I, like, I was a little, I'm a little mixed on that one, and I want to see how it comes out, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, you know, a, the, a lot of people like Mad Mattis, Mattis and, and, uh, and uh, McMaster, mm-hmm. which was obviously a secondary pick, and he's not in the cabinet, but uh, uh, Kelly. Really good, really good picks. You know, a lot of those were very sort of standard Republican picks, right? Yeah. People who are lean conservative but are not outlandishly Trumpian necessarily and not outlandishly libertarian or anything like that, um, where some of the EPA picks were, I think, a little bit better than that. Um, I, think, uh, I think Gorsuch is better than that. Gorsuch mm-hmm. is on the good side of what I would hope from a normal Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, that, like if Ted Cruz picked Neil Gorsuch, I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we wanted Ted Cruz, because we were hoping he'd pick someone like Gorsuch. That's one of the reasons, at least. Um, so that's good. But you have to keep holding him to that standard. Um, I think that's fair. Um, so uh, they go through and talk about, and, and, and this is more of a CPAC, but Kellyanne Conway put it this way. Well, I think by tomorrow, CPAC will become TPAC, meaning Yeah, Trump. I saw that quote. That's a bad quote. I don't really know why bad. she would think. Really bad. They said they've been benching Kellyanne God, lately, uh, by the way. I don't know if that's true, but uh, that's been the th- because she's had a couple statements that have not. She virtually worships her everywhere, though, man. Mm. Uh, she's um, terrible. Uh, so uh, they said, uh, to some it, extent. It is hard to believe that Kellyanne Conway came from the uh, Cruz campaign. Yeah. That is mind boggling to me. That's mind boggling because. She doesn't seem to have any of those principles anymore. I mean, they just went all out the window now. CPAC should be TPAC now? Uh, what kind of comment is that? Mm. 
unreal. To some extent, everyone expected to see Trump remake the Republican Party in his image. His, his, he became his leader upon clinching their nomination. And that's not a surprise. But Trump yeah. was not supposed to bend conservatism to its will, at least not this quickly. Certainly, he has thrilled the GOP grassroots with certain decisions, such as signing executive orders aimed at deregulation, beginning a crackdown on illegal immigration, and nominating an originalist in Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. But he's also done some other things, facilitating a deal with Carrier in Indiana, and that's just one example, um, that's smacked of crony capitalism, bullying private corpors, uh, corporations and individual citizens, declaring reporters the enemy of the American public, asserting an immoral equivalence between the U.S. government and Vladimir Putin's that would typically put you in any politician, really, in, in the crosshairs of the right. Trump, however, has encountered a scant dissent from his party's ideological base. So he came to CPAC not to pay homage to the traditions of conservatism, but to bask in the supremacy of his own movement, one that he and his allies believe will supplant the outdated orthodoxies peddled for decades by the very people who greeted him like a conquering hero on Friday morning. Um, can we go back to, uh, let, let me just give this unbelievable mm. uh, statement yeah. here. They announced, they announced the results of Trump's approval rating, which wouldn't be surprising. It was 86% at CPAC. Conservative Political Action Committee, mm-hmm. 86% approved, only 12% disapproved. Okay, that's, that's bad enough. But then on the question of whether Trump is, quote, realigning the conservative movement, unquote, 80% agreed, 15% disagreed. Mm. Both statistics were met with wild cheers inside the ballroom. Wild cheers that he's realigning the conservative movement. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, it's incredible. That's um, frightening. So that's the, frightening. And, and, and so they pitched the sort of Trump side of this as we're opening up the tent, as you put realigning. Realigning doesn't necessarily mean you're changing your principles. It might mean that you're teaming up with but certain people. But it kind of does with Trump. With, with Trump, it does. And so this is what, uh, how, what Tim Alberta writes. The push for uh, intellectual and ideological diversity is commendable save for the inconvenient reality that it was nowhere to be found. Over three days of speeches and panels and seminars, nary a negative word was directed at the president for his policies. Mm -hmm. Um, With the exception of a few uh, people handing out free market buttons, there was no pushback on the nationalist platform that not long ago wouldn't have been welcome in this very gathering. One year ago, CPAC attendees, the majority of whom supported either Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio, threatened a mass boycott of Trump's scheduled speech. He ultimately canceled his appearance. I'd forgotten but that's I just one too. year ago. That's right. And conservatives in attendance roared with approval whenever one of the speakers lambasted the man who, to their great dismay, has emerged as the presidential uh, frontrunner at that time. Last year we were, this is a quote, last year, uh, this is Dominic Moore, University of North Carolina student. Last year we were talking about a walkout if Trump showed up, and this year it's all Trump all the time. It's completely changed. Last year, the Make America Great Again hats were few and far between. Now they're everywhere. Last year, the speakers were attacking him, and now everyone's done a full 180. They're all on the bandwagon. Everything has changed. Few seem to think that that's a bad thing. In conversations with dozens of attendees, only a handful expressed qualms at Trump's uh, takeover of CPAC. Most of those were conservative political consultants who asked not to be quoted for this story. Um, I met several first-time attendees, such as Ohio student, uh, Ohio University student Johnny Paskey, who came explicitly to show their support for Trump and dismissed questions about the president's ideological mooring. I think he is fairly a fairly liberal conservative. That's okay. I mean, it is okay to be that person. Um, it's just I always thought that's not what that event particularly uh, was about. Well, it says um, conservative political, political action. action. Committee. So that's not to say mm. that you uh, spit on anyone who's mm. not your version of 
uh, of conservative. No, but that's, I mean, but it's, it's not supposed what you, to be. It's not what you celebrate mm-hmm. as CPAC, right? You don't celebrate that. You don't celebrate the, liber, the liberalness of the conservative movement. Well, why not just be liberals then? I, I, why not just be the Democratic National Committee then? And meet as as such. Why why do we need CPAC if you want to make it liberal? Yeah, I, I mean, and this is what it makes sense. This to goes me. to this audience and and the show and and all of us. It's important. It's not important to oppose Trump reflexively on everything. And, and you know, and I, you know, obviously we were not fans during the primary. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things he does that I don't like. Uh, but you have to take these situations individually. We went on at length saying that the, the travel ban was not as horrific as people were saying. Or we said the same thing about the, uh, the transgendered policies. We praised him for the Supreme Court pick. We praised many of his cabinet appointments, uh, appointments because they were actually good. But mm-hmm. it's important to hold that line when he crosses it. Listen to this last part. Um, this is uh, 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 at CPAC. It's unclear uh, what, what values are being represented. When I asked a, uh, a Marshall University student whether he thought Trump is conservative, he grinned, quote, I think Trump is redefining what it means to be conservative. Well, that means that the word doesn't, it's not, you don't redefine words. That's one of the things that mm-hmm. I thought we all agreed on. That, you know, when you say, when you're a white person and you identify as black, you're not, you're not black. And if you're a conservative and you're taking liberal positions, then you're not conservative. This shows that we're accepting all the standards set down by the progressive movement. Yeah. We're accepting them all. Uh, and that's well, where you kind of run into trouble. And that's where the question is, right? That's why we need people who are going to hold the line. That does not mean, mm-hmm. again, that you oppose uh, Trump because you mm-hmm. think that he had bad ideas, you know, uh, 18 months ago. If he's doing a good job <laughs> now, that's how we're going to judge him. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't understand why, you but know, I wh- think why this, you need to do that. This is a brilliant, uh, it's a nicely written article. Yeah, it it's is. really good. You did and, a good job with it. and this paragraph is, uh, really sums it up to me. Uh, it wasn't just the ubiquitous deification of Trump that was so jarring. It was the degree to which his worldview was accepted, championed, and cheered by conservatives, conservative speakers and attendees with no obvious connection to the new president. Consistently, anti-trade rhetoric drew the loudest ovations, especially when packaged as part of a broader assault on globalism, a particular particular hobby horse of Bannon and the Breitbart crew. The conservative movement has just accepted Trump, Bannon, and Breitbart now as as the new standard for conservatism. And that's what's so amazing about this. Again, it's, it's the level and quickness that this has happened. But I mean, think free unreal. trade is the best example of this. You might not care about free trade. You might not care. I mean, a lot of, it's not, it has not been the top uh, issue for some time. Right. Um, you know, it's not been the hot button issue. Because it hasn't needed to be. You know why? It was decided. That's yeah. why. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, settled science, as it were, as much as that could possibly be done in politics, yeah. to the point of liberals were having to embrace it. Like, they, it was mm-hmm. so obvious free trade was this better was than issue. economic we nationalism. Won. Yes. We, we won. won it, and we won it by such a large margin that the other side was coming to the point where they had to agree with it. And now, in one year, we've completely reversed course on it because of one person. I mean, that is, I mean, and you, and you think like, well, wait a minute, that's, that's uh, we, maybe they were right. Maybe they had some good arguments. Well, think of it this way. The same thing has happened with Russia. 
where we, mm-hmm. as conservatives, as Republicans, were, you know, 90 to 10 thinking Russia was dangerous. Now it's flip-flop to like 60-40, thinking that they're not dangerous. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything to deserve that change. Same with Julian Assange. Yeah, Julian Assange. It was, was terrible, and now he's great. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that, amazing. Th- that shows people are basing this on nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's what should be scary. Because, you know, forget it. Maybe Trump's right on all this stuff. Maybe free trade is, I mean, look, it's not true. But let's let's just say he is for a moment. That free trade is terrible. And we should have giant tariffs. And all the things that Trump has said that disagree with conservatism are all right. It's still pathetic as a society, as a party, as a movement to change your opinions on those things that quickly over nothing. Mm -hmm. Even if he's right on all of it. You have to take a—you can't change that quickly a fundamental principle of your movement within a year because one guy who you basically banned last year is now back and is the hero. It's great that he won. It's great to be excited that he won. It's great to take solace to the things that he's done that are right. But to just reflexively embrace everything, everything no this matter guy what. stands for it's crazy. because he won an election— Shows you have no principle at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That's not, I mean, that's not what I want to be part of. And again, of. I thought we were better than that on I thought, this side I did of the aisle. It, I got to say. I, really I, did. I, and we're not. I thought so. We're not. I, I thought we were and we're not, clearly. Uh, you know what you can do, though? You can take a positive step toward being self-reliant. Just rely on yourself. You don't have to worry about the government. Are they going to show up? Are they going to be here? If there's a catastrophe, if there's, if there's a problem, if there's a, a weather disaster, yeah. whatever, you can take care of this. On your own. Yep. Uh, how about food? Yeah, you might need that if there's an emergency. You might need something. Uh, it's called sustenance. Uh, people uh, generally like, seem to like it, I've noticed. Yeah, but where would I get um, it? Well, I you mean, go there's... to my Patriot Supply. Oh. Wow, you seem to have an answer. Yeah, I have an answer for everything. Right that. away. $99 wow. plus free shipping will get you four weeks of uh, easy-to-prepare food. And that's important. Like, if you're in a real... Uh, if you're in a real crisis, mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to be wanting making, you know, seven-course meals. Now, Jeffy will, of course, just put seven of the bags from my Patriot Supply in one big pot. Is that what you're supposed to do? No, you're supposed to eat one at a time. Is what you're supposed to do? <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> you might not be into fancy cooking times. Um, yeah. But you want something that's easy to prepare that can you still get the good taste out of it. And that's my Patriot Supply. And $99 for four Talk weeks. Talk about easy. That. Add water. That. Bing! Yep. It's great. It's awesome. So call them today. 888-411-5290, 888-411-5290, or just go to preparewiththeblaze.com. That's preparewiththeblaze.com. Hi, welcome. Triple eight seven two seven back. Good to see you. You also, Stu. Thank you. Not you, Jeffy. But I'm right here. I mean, why you could see yeah, me? I know. I don't like you. What I do now? You don't have to do anything, yeah, I mean, really. You you'd have be, to. You'd have you to know? do something to reverse the effects, which mm. you have not done. Uh, you give me an example. No, well, like maybe if you cured cancer, for example, that would be a, a first step on the road to recovery for what you've done. <laughs> really? Yeah, cured <laughs> cancer. That seems like kind of a big AIDS, deal. Hepatitis, SIDS. Uh, mm. Start with those, mm-hmm. and then maybe we can have a conversation about you. I mean, I'm not going to like you at that point, but maybe... Well, about curing hepatitis, man. That, that stuff. <laughs> well, you can't... Yeah, but that's just because the chlamydia is killing it. Um, I don't think that's a good solution. 
spring. Again, Jeffy has so many uh, uh, sexually transmitted diseases battling inside of his body uh, that uh, he has no symptoms. The only way he stays alive is the constant stalemate mm-hmm. between all of them. Which, mm-hmm. thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, it works out well for him. So, triple eight seven two seven back. Let's see. Apparently, the Trump Israeli envoy pick. I love this. Mm. This is a is big uh, controversial. Yeah, it's a big. Uh, they did a big gotcha story on CNN. Yeah, they, they found some. They found some pretty. Found an outrageous, outrageous comment. things. He said, "I gotta say it. I gotta say it's, this is outrageous. If you're if you're around your children, there's Covering nothing their offensive ears. here. I just don't want them to hear this point of view. Cover their okay? ears. It's nothing offensive. Go to a safe zone mm. now. This is an article. Uh, he or, uh, an interview he did on Your Voice Radio in November. I love your voice I, radio. Every once in a while, so I hear good. these things, and I'm like, "Who? how are we not getting guests when we want them? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> no. Come on. Like, the, Thank you. Man, the Trump pick for Israeli ambassador. We can't get him on. He definitely wouldn't come on But your now. voice radio? What is your voice radio? I don't even know what that is. All right, whatever. Um, the platform, this is his quote. Uh, his name is uh, Friedman, right? David Friedman? Yeah. The platform rejects the notion that Israel, this is what he's talking about, uh, He's uh, discussing changes made to the 2016 platform. Mm-hmm. He says, The platform rejects the notion that Israel is an occupier with regard to Judea and Samaria. No other president or presidential candidate has ever said that, and that's important because when the Israelis and the Palestinians sit down, if they ever do, if they're able to find common ground, it has to be on the basis that both sides have competing rights to this land and that somehow those rights are going to be compromised in a way that respects mutual claims to a sovereignty. While the Obama administration, or what the Obama administration, and frankly the Bush administration as well, have said in the past is that the land is held by Israel against international law. Now, I'm a lawyer. I've looked at this issue, as have many others. That's far from certain. Let's be clear about this. The West Bank was captured by Israel from Jordan in a defensive war, and the Jordanians have renounced any claim to that land. The idea that somehow Israel is occupying land from a prior nation when the prior nation doesn't want it back, I think is a terrible misstatement of the law. For some reason, Bush, Obama, Clinton, and others have all clung to this uh, erroneous viewpoint. Uh, yeah. Not to mention, it was Israel's long before that anyway. Yes, and why it's called Judea. Um, Yeah. There's a reason. Yeah, Judah, from Judah. Yes. Kind of associated with, I don't know, Israel... Not the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is madness. And for him to say Israel has as much right, if not a much greater right, to the West Bank than the Palestinians, to say that that's an outrageous statement and that's a gotcha moment and the guy shouldn't be envoy to Israel because of it is madness. It's absolute lunacy. He's right. He's exactly right. Yeah. They have much more right to it than, than Palestinians. Palestinians have no right to it. Yeah. None. Now, the way you should look at this is, will Israel, in the, an effort to get their people from, you know, you know uh, no longer blowing up as quite as often or getting mm-hmm. missiles raining down on their homes, would they give up some of these areas, um, essentially to be nice, to stop the violence? And that's both, it's both of those things. You don't want to be one that's fearful of, uh, of saying, you know, essentially the terrorists win and because they're raining missiles down on us, we're going to give up. But that really is part of it. Yeah. Uh, and the other part of it is, okay, well, you know what, you can have that, you can have the land, and we want you to be a stable nation that's not going to be um, uh, constantly threatening their neighbors, so we would give you that status in this two-state solution, which, is, by the way, does not exist. There's not two states, there's one state. Um, but, you know, you, there's, this is the negotiation that's going on. 
But the way that they try to win that negotiation is to say that essentially Israel is occupying. Israel is, uh, is, is in someone else's land, which is true. Jordan isn't saying we want it to be Jordan. If they were saying that, you could say that maybe there's an argument about that territory. It's mm-hmm. not. It's a, it's a bunch of people who want their own area. That's fine. They can ask for it all they want. However, there's no reason uh, Israel has to give it to them other than they're trying to make everybody happy. And they think that that will help them in the long term. Um, some people in Israel have believed that and, and have pursued that two-state solution. Even Republican presidents have done that. And for the one millionth time, Jordan occupies twice as much so-called Palestinian territory mm-hmm. as does Israel. Twice as much. No one calls them occupiers. No one says Jordan is violating international law. No one. No. Nope. Because it's not, let's be honest about it, it's not about them. It's not. It's not about the land. It's not about them having It's about hating the Jews and hating Israel. Wanting them to be dead. That's what it's about. That's what they want. They want them in the sea, not where they are. That's the issue here. This is the issue Mm -hmm. uh, with many uh, regimes against the Jews over the years. And uh, the same thing right now with the Palestinian state. I mean, look, you want to talk about scary numbers. Look at the numbers when it comes to, is terrorism okay against Israelis? It's not, hey, there's 10% that are terrorists. It's 70, 80, 90 percent of people that are Palestinian, in the Palestinian ter- territories that say these things. This is, these are scary, scary numbers um, because they do not see Jews as people, largely. No. Yeah, and that's the problem. You know, what, what, terrorism against what? You know, we, we didn't mind dropping nuclear bombs on the Bikini Islands when there was no one there because we didn't, we didn't see that there was a human presence. They don't see there's a human presence in Israel. And these are the same people, you know, Trump got all kinds of crap for saying that people were celebrating 9-11 in New Jersey, like hundreds of people, which it didn't happen. But, you know, a few people did because it was seen. However, in the Palestinian territories, they were dancing and celebrating and handing out candy in the streets. And there are news reports of that. I've always believed that's what Trump saw. And, and that's what I think he saw. Yeah, which is, yeah, I thought again, it was New Jersey. Would have been, it up somehow. And this is, a, you know, going back to the campaign, but it would have been a completely normal mistake for someone to make. Sure. Hey, I, you know what? It was, I was in the middle of a crazy time. I own a bunch of buildings in New York City. I mm-hmm. saw a news report. I thought it was the Palestinians. My bad. How, or, you know, I thought it was New Jersey. But, instead, and it was he actually, had to stick to instead it. Instead, he stuck to it, which was, yeah. and then everyone tried to re- retroactively justify his statements, which was... <laughs> What a pattern we're on with that, uh, yeah. which is kind of annoying. But still, uh, you know, look, these are not controversial statements. Not at all. They shouldn't be. If they are, yeah, I mean, that's, that shows a problem with the way the debate is set up, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that, you know, this is all true. These things are true. And to act as if they're not is denying reality. Um, you know? There's a lot of that going on, though, right now. Yeah. More petting stew coming up in a sec. Mm. You can't deny that reality either. You can try as you may. I mean, I would. I would you can, know? Can I deny it? No. Oh, no. I want to deny it, but you know why? Jeffy segments next. Oh my! I mean, I oh don't want to do that. That's, oh that's, my! God. It's the worst-rated oh, segment in American history. Wow! Yeah, Is it yeah, really? the worst. Is it? Yeah, finished last. Here are some stories. Oh, that Jeffy come found. on! <coughs> with this Jeffy episode. crap. We don't have to talk anymore. Oh, sorry. Man, that sounds like my, a lot. My of mic was on. I didn't, I didn't want the, I mean, I wanted you to hear it, Jeffy, but I didn't want the audience to hear. But they did, so. How terrible I think your segment is. Go ahead. Mm. Go ahead. Well, by the way, you're welcome. Jeffy? 
So far, it's off to a good start, though. Yeah, it is. All right, well, let's get started then. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, updating you on Facebook. Uh, soon, uh, Facebook will be rolling ads in the middle of your live videos uh, and other videos uh, as you're watching them. So hmm. get ready for that and enjoy that. Wait, explain that again. I don't understand. These ads are mini commercials that are going to run uh, after a video is played for 20 seconds. And, and these uh, are Facebook ads or the ads from the yes. publishers? Yeah. Uh, these are ads from the publishers, yes, inside inside the live broadcast. Uh, played for 20 seconds, and they must be two minutes apart, and it won't be a pre-roll. So when the video starts, then you, you first after the first 20 seconds, that ad can hit. And you'll be getting those commercials inside your videos. Yay! I do think this is a good thing. Um, I will uh, be clear because, I, I mean, like, Facebook is turning into essentially a cable yeah, network, is. right? I mean, yes, it's it where is. people are watching these things. We do Facebook Lives. Do we have one today? I know we usually do them on Mondays. Um, not today, but we're gonna, we'll are gonna do one at some point this week. Um, but, I mean, again, like, you're, we're doing, you know, sh- you do shows and you do content yeah. on here. And there has to be some way for someone other than Facebook to make money off of it. If we're going to continue to basically do... Um, free content, um, and look, we want people to enjoy it. But I mean, you know, these companies are not going to continue to give you good content, or at least try to give you good content if they Without can't make, being any, money able to make any money on it. So yeah. it's good that you yeah, should yeah. be able to, because it's good for Facebook and it's good for everybody else. You, you know, you'll be able to monetize uh, the content a little bit. Um, we're probably not going to make a fortune on it, but at least they can have some sort of return on doing those sorts of things. Well, Facebook is doing okay. Yeah, Facebook's so. doing great. But I mean, <laughs> you know, I think Facebook's smart though to say, look, we want good content providers to continue to come here and not try to develop or go on YouTube or some other competitor to do these things. We want it to all happen right inside this Facebook platform. And we can make it happen if we allow these people to actually make some money. So that's good. I mean, I think, generally speaking, that's a good thing. You can overdo it, and they got to watch that stuff, but uh, it's probably a good thing. So I don't know if this is fake news or uh, real news, but it's fascinating. Uh, Candace Wiggins, uh, college star at uh, Stanford, uh, female basketball player, mm-hmm. uh, went into the WNBA draft in 2008, mm-hmm. uh, became a champion in 2011, uh, retired early. Uh, retired because she uh, said that uh, there were just uh, too many lesbians and they were bullied her entire eight-year career. She was bullied for being heterosexual. She believes. In what in way was league, she bullied, does she say? There is at least ninety-eight percent lesbian in the league, and yes, she said that when she ninety-eight percent. That's what this is her. This is hers. Her line, yes. And uh, wow. she said that when she first came into the league, I don't believe that uh, they were deliberately trying to hurt me. I've never been called the B word so many times in my life as I was in my rookie season. Hmm. I'd never been thrown to the ground so much. The message was: We want you to know we don't like you. <laughs> That is uh, so. That's, so I, I don't this know, is gay news? mafia stuff. This is the gay mafia. It sure is. Yeah, um, yeah. In the WNBA, yeah. I, wow. I mean, I, look. I, I think we, it's appropriate to treat those sorts of claims with the same amount yes, of skepticism absolutely. you that's would what, have for mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, someone who was gay and saying they were being uh, bullied for that. Yes. Um, you know, you need evidence. You need. There's a standard of proof that comes up on that. It's an interesting it's phenomenon, story, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, story. I guarantee she will not get the same empathy. From the left. No, no way. Way. In fact, she'll be scorned by yep. the left. Mm-hmm. No she'll be scorned. way. I, I, the ninety-eight percent stat seems ridiculous. Ridiculous. She may have just thrown ridiculous. that out as like I don't know. It's like ninety-eight percent. I mean, it, yeah. she may have just thrown it out. Right. As a, not is it fifty? Is it fifty percent? If it was fifty percent, that would blow me away. Because that would be obviously That's a lot, an, an extreme excess of what the average yeah. population mm-hmm. uh, rep- representation is. 
So no, you know, there's stereotypical jokes about that with, with sure women's are. basketball or yeah. softball or, or whatever. But golf. I, you yeah. don't you don't believe or they're tennis. true. And right? we should we should say here, and I don't think tennis as much, but we should say here that you know, as a show, fundamentally, one of the core principles of this program is we do not bully people. Under any circumstances. Under any circumstances. Never. Thank you. Is that Thank a rule Stu somewhere? For oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that's a hard, hard fast, fast rule. Hard bully. Do not bully. Hey, it is Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Uh, Oscars last night. Uh, big show, and uh, it's been called the greatest show ever. Uh, in some reports I've seen. The greatest Oscar presentation ever. What? Yeah. I, I didn't read the story. They couldn't even get the freaking awards right. I know. Not to mention the dead people. They also got uh, one. Of, we didn't talk about this on the radio show. Do I have this here? Yes. Oh, yeah. The yeah, In Memoriam it's here. segment. It's here. Because um, we'll get to the main thing in a second. But In Memoriam segment of the awards, uh, tribute to Janet Patterson was, was awesome. Australian costume and production yeah. designer. Um, Patterson's most notable work was The Piano, Peter Pan, Far From the Maddening Crowd. She'd been nominated for four Oscars in her lifetime. She died in, in October 2016. There she is. We Unfortunately, the uh, photos they used was uh, Jan Chapman, uh, an Australian film producer who is uh, very much alive. So oh, right, right name, wrong picture. Okay. Oh, that's not Janet Patterson. <laughs> right, that's very sad. Uh, okay. She's actually alive. Now, do you come back next year and does Janet get her picture on the Oscars? Even though it wasn't this I mean, why year, not, right? I mean, they screwed her over. I think why she should not? get her picture up there because no, I mean, you know, look, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a famous, uh, you know, that's really the most recognition you'll ever get as a costume designer. That's pretty right. right. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty good tribute. They joked uh, about that with the technical awards, um, which was actually a really funny part of that show. Did you see the technical awards presentation? No, I did not. Mm-mm. It was with um, Leslie Mann and um, guy from some movie I've seen. And uh, yeah, both of them, <laughs> he was really good. I, I love Guy from some movie. You've right? Seen. They're very He's funny, really basically good. joking about how they do the technical awards on another night because no one cares about them. Right. Um, but like, they're but like, they just give you the list. On they just kind of give you the list, but they do like a little like montage of the awards and stuff. It was actually mm-hmm. pretty funny. Um, but so uh, you know, this is your big moment. Mm-hmm. Your big moment comes in death if you're a costume designer. That was a good segment last night. You should too. get your freaking picture. Yeah, on they should have a yes, right. So then they screwed up the biggest award of the night for best picture. They announce, all right, La La Land. Congratulations, La La Land. People come up, accept the award. He's got the Oscar in his hand. He's made a mistake. And then they start saying, hey, oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. We screwed up. That's not that's not who won. Um, So and not not uh, Warren Beatty's fault, by the way. Uh, At least it doesn't seem to be. Or Faye Dunaway's. Unless they're just, unless they're saying, you know, they're doing their best to shield them. I mean, he looked like he was. Yes, uh, he was legitimately upset. He, and he, he was, was like, confused. Yeah, we I were mean, wrong. honestly, when it happened, I thought, why do they give this to people who? I, I mean, to be frank about my internal feelings at the time, why do they give this to people who are not all there? Whoa! Because it didn't whoa. seem like he was there. But now there's an, ex- mm. an an understandable excuse. But it seemed like he didn't know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He was looking at it, and it was, it was almost like he couldn't read or didn't know where he was. But the reason was he was in the middle of a giant controversy and had no way to tell anyone. I mean, it was an, actually an incredible moment. I mean, he handled it, I guess, pretty he well. Was probably because tr- he said what he what he was handed was uh, the award for La La Land for Stone. Best Actress Emma Stone. With Emma Stone yeah. So he's probably trying to think, uh, figure out, okay, is this Emma Stone's and they gave it to me by mistake, or do they mean La La Land won right. the Best Picture? 
I mean, I, I, that'd be a legitimate and a, thing it, to figure out. Yeah, and apparently what happened was Faye Dunaway saw La La Land and just kind of blurted it out. Um, so that's, she was like, ah, it's La La Land. So um, it's interesting because I think the right thing to do in that moment is to say, uh, guys, I Hold hate up. to pause here for a second, but I, I want to make sure mm-hmm. I have the right card. Can I have a mm-hmm. representative come up here and look at this before I actually yeah. say it? Because I don't want to screw anybody over. Stopped. And that would have still been an amazing moment. Still, though. But, I mean, you know, I, they... They just didn't do it that way. So they get up there. They get the... I mean, we can't show you any of the footage because of the stupid Oscars. The Oscars are, like, the hardest uh, in all of entertainment. Which is unbelievable, by the way. Of not letting you show footage of it. They will not let you do it. Um, They are very... It's funny. About after after this happened, I was like, did they plant this, the wrong card, have this big moment, and then this is going to be the big thing. This is the year they're going to enforce and sue everybody. Everybody who plays it and see mm-hmm. what happens. Um, but uh, they won't even let us attempt it here. So the guy who won La La Land just uh, said, okay, I'm not joking. It was, it was really Moonlight. Moonlight won. And so he gladly, he said he's proud he, to present he was very. They were very they were, cool about it. Yeah. Um, which really I guess gracious. you have to be when you're on national really television. If you look like a, a pouty uh, four-year-old, it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be a good look. But they actually handled it really well. I mm-hmm. thought so, yeah. Um, I would not have. Uh, I would have been like, "Screw you! I'm keeping. It. I'd run and yeah. bolt out the back door." <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys! Look, this one was given to me. Now, Moonlight, they say you won. Get up here, but you're not taking Get this your bad own. boy. I think it takes six months to make them. Good luck. <laughs> I think that's what, and that's one of the things that Kimmel said too, right? Was to give everybody. A, can't they all have them? Or I, can't we just have a bunch of them. And again, uh, you know, it's funny because. Uh, you guess party thinks that that should be the way to handle it. It's like you, it sure you, does. You embarrass these people on national <laughs> television. However, no. I mean, there's one award winner. You, know, you don't yeah. get an award. You don't get a participation no. trophy. Not in the Oscars, of that's course. The, that'd be the place to do partici- it, though, if you're going to do it. Right, just a participation trophy. I mean, that's a screw up here. Just take it and get out of here. Yeah. It's like I always feel like you know when they screw up at like casinos and you get like $100,000 out of the machine. Right. That's yours. That's yours to keep. You're done. Right. Amen, Stu. Amen. I hate to agree with you. I, my God, do I hate to agree with him. But you're right. Uh, now I feel like I've done something wrong because <laughs> if Jeffy's agreeing with me. Okay, I have now reversed my opinion on that. If you get $100,000 out of a machine, you should never do it. You are so wrong. Should my God, I hate you so okay. much. Whew, it feels a lot better. It feels a lot better now. Uh, okay, what, what was the deal? I didn't see the Nicole Kidman controversy. Apparently she claps oh, yeah. incorrectly or inappropriately. People or... are saying she claps like the Grinch. I don't, uh, what is it? Look at her hands. Oh, okay. Yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, how'd they get bent like that? I know. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, she does clap like the That's Grinch. a plastic surgery does I mean, for I you. guess if you catch it at the right time, if, yeah. if this was in like Maybe. slow motion and you're copying really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like flippers. It's a weird... A weird moment, and that's obviously uh, Keith Urban next to her, next to her, right? Her yeah, husband, yeah. and uh, has a country star gone all like rapper on us? He's got earrings. Since when did country stars start doing earrings? There seems a long time ago. Something grandpa. inherently I, 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 wrong with that. Long time ago, Grandpa. Look at that! It's uh... look at that! Well, because yeah, country is kind of you see pushing back on the, some of those holding those traditional lines a little bit more typically. But I would say that that's not a new no. thing at all. No, I Keith. don't know. Stop but, it! And that's a handsome feet uh, seat filler behind <laughs> Nicole too. A handsome, <laughs> a handsome seat, seat filler. <laughs> oh, is it? It's probably some huge star. Nobody know. knows who he is. <laughs> really? Just a seat filler. Nobody knows him. 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. But he is handsome. <laughs> you see what I mean? He's yeah. a good-looking dude. Yeah. Oh, he's standing. I feel like if you're a C-filler, you're not necessarily standing up. I don't know. It feels like you only stand up when everyone else stands up. And she is really mm-hmm. just Nicole there. Everyone else seems to be sitting down. Um, but uh, so, I mean, I, I saw, um, speaking of the movies, I saw John Wick 2 this weekend. Oh, you did? I did go see it, yeah. And? It was all right. You know, it was, uh, it's got 90, 90% from, from Rotten Tomatoes. From critics? From critics. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, well, this has got to be good. And it really, eh, it was okay. I mean, we kind of talked about wow. Keanu Reeves last week mm-hmm. um, because of this. And, and we were talking about, we got into a conversation about how, um, you know, every celebrity in Hollywood makes these gun movies and they're, they're all anti-gun. Yeah. And, and we were like, and I've never heard Keanu Reeves speak out about this. A bunch <laughs> of people, after we talked about this, sent us this video. This is video from him. I guess he is a pro-gun guy. Now, he's not necessarily a conservative, per se, but he ju- he does like guns. This is him doing the, uh, what is this called, the three-gun training? The three-gun, I don't know anything about guns. I obviously am not a gun guy at all. Um, but he was doing this, and this looked pretty badass to me, so I figured we'd show it to you. Am I... Mm. Look, it looks like fun. Yeah, it does look like fun, and it looks. He did a pretty good job too. Yeah. I mean, that's either he really likes guns, or he is really diving into these roles. Because this is essentially what every scene in John Wick Two looks like. That's basically that. Kind of he just saw the movie, except it's it, there's a lot of blood attached. He has to, to be people. comfortable with the with his part, right? So. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, he did a good job there, and I guess he's—I guess he does some of the stuff. So it's kind of cool. I thought it was kind of cool. I anyway. saw Hack, Hack saw Ridge. Oh yeah, this weekend too. Finally, what do you think? Um, I tell you, Glenn was saying how much it's better than uh, uh, Saving, Saving Private, Private Ryan. Ryan. I disagree. Really? Saving uh, Private I mean, look, Ryan. Is we all know that Glenn. Every movie he sees, think he thinks is the best movie of whatever <laughs> genre it's in. <laughs> and that's that's a standard sort of thing here. It goes back decades. It was a really good story. <laughs> Love the story. You know, it was good, but yeah. it was not. It was good, but not saving prayer. But that's and that's not a bad standard. I mean, it was no, nominated it for not. best picture. Correct. Um, and it was a Mel Gibson movie, which Correct. they did not want to give a nomination to Mel Gibson. And he, I heard an so, interview with him talk about uh, how uh, the difference between making Hacksaw and say Braveheart. You know, the difference in money, the difference in time. The di- you know, because it was an indie film, sure. and he talked about how you know that was you know he had so much more money for Braveheart than he did for Hacksaw, and they did uh, quite a bit more. In Hacksaw than they did Braveheart. He was just it was just a fascinating interview. Hmm. But the the war scenes and everything seemed a little I don't know, they were they were graphic, but it didn't feel as real to me as as Saving Private Ryan did. You know when they open up that that boat mm-hmm. right there on the oh. shore as man of Saving Private Ryan? It just that always that feels so real and it never I don't know, it never hit me as real there on Hacksaw Ridge. That scene is one of the most amazing scenes it sure ever is. put on film. I know. Uh, because you just see how impossible what they were trying right. to do was. Right, and it, and it was for them, too, in yeah. Okinawa, mm-hmm. where Hacksaw Ridge took place. Mm-hmm. You know, at where this Hacksaw Ridge, I mean, it was an impossible situation that we ended up prevailing, and, and in no small measure because of this guy. Oh, but uh, Spoiler alert, we prevailed? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Unbelievable, I haven't seen it yet. Um mm. Yeah, it's World War II. I'm sorry. Huh, yeah, I know. How does it turn out? I don't, now I know, right? We won, didn't we? Won. We won. I'm sorry. Yeah, we won. The whole war or just this whole, battle? The whole war. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> whole stinking war. Are you serious? Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> on this note, by the way, uh, this is incredible. Uh, Get Out, this movie. We played the, played the preview of it last oh, week. Yeah. Remember this? All yeah, right. that's, the, that's the racist, uh, yeah, or, the racist yeah. horror movie. Right? Racist horror movie. So black guy goes with his white girlfriend to the parents' house. doesn't realize that they're basically killing a lot of black people there. That's bad. <laughs> Give me the premise. Um, so uh, the movie uh, is, um, has a 100% Rotten Tomatoes rating. Oh, my gosh. 100%. Really? Now, from critics? The, the most, yeah, from critics. The most annoying... Uh, Meryl Streep in the 1700s about women's rights movie mm-hmm. does not get 100%. Like, right. most movies do not. The only time you ever really see it is when it's a small release and there's only a few critics who review it. Yes, um, that's very So true. we're talking about 100% reviews from a mainstream wide release of a horror movie, of all things. 100%. The movie this weekend brought in over $30 million. The, um, uh, it was shot in less than a month for $4.5 million. Okay. Oh, uh, this is oh another, my gosh. another Blumhouse movie. Wow. Um, is it really? Yeah, another one. Um, Shh, he's good, man. Listen to this. This is. Uh, he's got the system. Listen yeah, to this stat. To make a hit. You want to talk about a great stat if you're in, if you're in business? Get Out debuted to 30.5 million. Is the eighth the eighth Blumhouse p- production to make more than six times its production budget <laughs> in the opening, opening weekend. weekend. Oh, man. He's had eight movies that have made six man. times the budget in the first weekend. That's, That's pretty great. That man. is a that good is stat. That's a stat you want. Not only that, but Split, his other movie, oh, with huge. M. Night Shyamalan still in the top ten, it brought in this weekend $4.1 million. It's up to $130.8 million. It cost $9 million to make. And they were saying in this article that $9 million is a big budget. Uh, for, for them him. because they don't yeah. do I think it's over 5 million unless it's a sequel or some seen as I guess that one is kind of seen as a sequel and they, they for a couple of reasons uh, if you saw it you know one of them another one is mm-hmm. is uh, The Visit they had already done with him um, which was the movie that came out oh, the year right. before and also did huge numbers um, so kind of interesting uh, that that uh, I mean that is a big thing and the, and the best part about him because they talk about in, in, in uh, for Blumhouse they talk about it as like they're t- looking at it now as like the new Pixar, like it's like the new yeah. like the new name well, brand. Be. I mean, we talked about. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if we talked about it on the air, but I sure as heck remember talking uh, between us off the air about uh, that's the game plan to have. I mean, it's, the, the, it's great. Oh, it's, here's your money. You yeah. have a movie. Bring me the movie. Yes, we can do that. Here's your money. Go make the movie. Go make the movie, and we'll you know. And once and it's done, we'll decide so what we're going to do. So creative freedom for the artists, so they don't mind having a smaller budget because they get to do what they want to do. When you're done, and we'll then, decide what we're going to do. And it. they make plenty of money afterwards. Um, so they had they talked about one that did not work, which was this gem in the holograms, which is a cartoon from the '80s or whatever okay. that they tried to make into a live action kids movie. But the issue is that, that one they think bombed really, really badly, and it did not do well. But it made three million dollars, and the budget was only five. So even when wow. you miss, you don't miss by much. Jeez. Um, and you end up, and they'll. And end when up, you win, you win huge. Right, and when and plus that's missing, but somewhere down the line, you know, they may break even. Right, you and, and I mean? yeah, yeah, exactly. You still have videos and video and, on demand. Yeah, and and their their strategy too is is they take these movies and um, when they don't like feel like they're going to be super successful, occasionally you get misses, right? Sure. They just release them to video on demand without huge advertising budgets and can still make their money back. Right. Um, so, I mean, it really is an incredible model. It and sure I, is. And you, get, you have to believe that more people are going to try it. You know, it's really right now just kind of him as a one-man machine just printing money. At some point, usually people are like, you know, we'd like to print some money too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that seems like a good idea. So, 
All right, uh, triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. I uh, want to welcome uh, the Alexa Pure. Uh, th we talked about the Alexa Pure water uh, filtration system. This one is great as well, the Alexa Pure Breeze, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, we have one right here. Um, we do, uh, and this is uh, this is the unit. Um, you want to talk about uh, something really cool for your home. Uh, now they say uh, the air in your home could be as much as five times more polluted than the air outside. Ooh. It's about a hundred and fifty times if Jeffy lives there. So if Jeffy has been in your home or in Jeffy's home, it could be up to 150 to, to 200,000 times as polluted as yes. outside. Uh, awful. Jeffy's awful so, in every way. These indoor air pollutants cause serious uh, problems, uh, and you know, they could make your allergies worse, uh, asthma, cardiovascular conditions, and more. Um, death. And People that it might could make your death worse? It could I don't kill know. you dead. Could oh, okay. kill you dead. So you're saying it could kill you dead. It's another side effect. Okay. Kill you dead. That one's not approved by the Alexa Pure Breeze. They did not say that you're, you're going to die. <laughs> but they might. I guess if you have cardiovascular issues, it could easily right. lead to that. But the, our friends at Alexa Pure have developed the solution to that nasty air. And it is this purifier, the Breeze Air Purifier. This thing is awesome. Again, it's, it's another one of those products that they worked on for a really long time to make sure it's exactly right. Because you can get air filters that yeah. filter out, you know, uh, I don't know, if there's steak in the air, it'll it'll trap that. <laughs> steak <laughs> in the air? It's got to be big, yeah. Okay. Like, it's got to be a big, like a big piece of meat. It'll filter that out of the air. Hmm. But it, it won't get the, you know, the other little stuff that sneaks through and causes all the allergies and all of that stuff. Little steaks. Yes, <laughs> right. Not even the little steak will it, but this does. Yeah, it's a four-stage filtration process, uh, including an advanced true uh, HEPA filter, which I don't know what the hell I that is. I love a true HEPA uh, filter. But whatever There's it is, is better. I will tell you that it has a little indicator to kind of tell you, hey, mm -hmm. we've located some crap we're taking out of the air. Uh, and when you first turn this thing on, you won't believe yeah. how much crap you have in your air. Now, eventually, yeah. it starts cleaning it up, and, and, and then you don't. it's not on as often. Um, but it's amazing because it will find, it finds everything. This is why it's the top-of-the-line mm -hmm. model, um, and it's great. Uh, from Alexa Pure. Get yours today from Alexa Pure Breeze for just $199.95, under $200, and start breathing easier. Call 888-895-7746, 888-895-7746, or go online and get alexapure.com. Alexa, it's getalexapure.com. Go there now. Hi, welcome, Pat and Stu, Triple H, Seven Two Seven Beck. So, as promoted earlier today. Oh yeah, the douche uh, hall, of, the douche hall of fame grand have nozzle. The grand nozzle vote for. Can you say that, Chris Jeffy? Can you say grand nozzle? Mm -hmm. he, uh, he deserves it. Uh, again, his uh, tweet of saying that it was the 12-year-old, because here's the quote, and again, there's some uh, sensitive language here. Um, where she, someone said, "Hey, uh, am I supposed? To, what am I supposed to do if my 12-year-old is, you know, is, you know, has to look at a penis of someone in a, in a uh, locker room?" And he said, "Well, maybe that's the problem of your, of your, of the 12-year-old or his into her intolerant dad. Teach tolerance." <laughs> tolerance of penises? Wow, uh, you, you want a 12-year-old is... girl to be tolerant of a penis? I think as a father, mm -hmm. one of your main jobs in life is to make them as intolerant of a penis until they're 18 as possible. I would, I would, I would even vote for uh, some fathers believe after 18. Yeah, maybe marriage uh, maybe. would be a good line <laughs> yeah. for that. I know that's outdated, but uh, maybe that's a good yes. line for that. I can tell you it's a lot higher than 12. 
Uh, be incredibly intolerant of that, please. Uh, Chris Cuomo, does he have children? Yes, he does. He has... Uh, looks like he has three children, two of which seem to be girls. Wow. I wonder if he's okay with that. Uh-huh. Okay, so somebody walks into the, the locker room in your, in your child's locker room. They're getting undressed. It's a man, but he perceives himself or identifies that day as a woman. And he starts taking off his pants and his, his man unit falls out. You don't care. You don't care, Chris Cuomo? Really? I See, I don't believe that. Well, I, I will that. say uh, Chris would uh, 100% confidently tell you that he does not care about that. Why? Because Chris Cuomo is a very interesting figure in that he constantly backs himself into weird corners and, and will then never him. admit that it's a mistake, yeah. ever. He just stands there and just defends the indefensible for as long as he can take it. So today, he was out there actively attacking Ben Ferguson about this, uh, saying that it was myth... What an interesting word. Mythology. He said it was mythology. <clears throat> To believe a girl who identifies as a boy, as a teenager, by the way, a child, um, is actually a girl. That's mythology. You believe in this, is anti, these, this, this mythology. I mean, mythology is such an amazing thing because mm-hmm. really, let's be honest about it. Even if we want to say, hey, you know, we're going to accept everybody who believes they identify as anything else, there's a mythology in that. We're creating the idea that you can convert uh, genders afterwards. We're doing... And to prove that, we're doing medical, we're, we're providing medical steps to that end. Uh, as Chris pointed out, uh, they are, she is getting testosterone so that she can, what was the word they used? Um, uh, replicate. 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 Thank you, Pat. Replicate what it would be like if she was a boy. Mm-hmm. Well, if she was a boy, you wouldn't need to replicate it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, uh, so we're taking a step here. We're changing. And look, you want to have that? That's fine. Sex change mm-hmm. is a whole other thing like that. You know, when you want to have a, a sex change operation, well, an operation might, be, you know, like you can have that. However, we're, we are engaging in a change. And that's a real change. And we're doing that. Like, that's, that is the thing that is uh, outside of uh, the factual world we used to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, not us. Not someone who's saying, wait a minute. Look, you can, you can try to accommodate all you want, but you can't let her uh, take testosterone and then wrestle girls. But they did. They did. And he's all about that. So today, uh, we're putting Chris Cuomo's name in as a nominee for the Douche Hall of Fame Grand Nozzle. Yes, now he's already in the um, Douche Hall of Fame. So he's already there. He, well, this is just for being Grand Nozzle. And the... the uh, it's an honorary post. The level you have to hit is a little bit lower because he's already in the Douche Hall of Fame at 95%. Now the the level to obtain the nozzle position is 75%. So are we ready on the vote? And we should be clear here, by the way, um, the... the current grand nozzle uh, is Harry Reid. You know, you Who's said that gone now. We did a vote on that. We took a vote yeah, on that, and he passed it. He got the seventy-five percent. And then, mm-hmm. but I guess one of the websites wasn't updated. Or no, that's what I was saying. Because then, then Donald Trump was the yeah. Grand he didn't nozzle. get there. No, he didn't get there. Then it was Harry Reid, then Trump, then back to Reid. Mm-hmm. It okay. was Trump for a time. Um, no, I know that. I but just, we, uh, remember, we made a big deal about that. About how, look, he's president now. We're supposed to be. You know, uh, judging him by what he does, it's, it's he, not a good look. And, and he made the 75% threshold? Yeah, Reed made the 75%. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. Reed is the current. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, I would not be, look, I'm, I don't live and die by this stuff. It's possible. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember this correctly, but I do remember we made a big deal about changing I, it to Reed. And I, and I, um, but now he's retired. Know. So Chris Cuomo is, you know, because what, what is the Douche Hall of Fame grand nozzle? 
I mean, is it really meaningful? The answer to that, of course, is yes, yes. in every way. Of course it is. Um, but it's really, it's an honorary position to sort of look at one of the douches from the Douche Hall of Fame who's particularly act, uh, active in the news of the day to kind of like, you know, it's almost the, the public the extra face. Mile. The public face. Go, go mm-hmm. the extra mile for the uh, Douche Hall of Fame. You're sort of the spokesperson for the Douche Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So for go to theblaze.com. Mm-hmm. All right, theblaze.com. Go to theblaze.com. Slash the feed. Slash the feed. Or you should be able to go to a Pat and Stew. I don't know if that's still there. Is that still active? Just, just go to theblaze.com. Yes, And just click on it there. and That will take you to the feed. Okay. And that's where you'll vote. Now, I think we should maybe play, um, uh, we have a video clip here to play right, for you. And then we'll oh, come good. back. We'll yeah, come yeah, back yeah, and yeah. Let, pe- let people get a chance yes. to actually go there. Theblaze.com slash the feed or patentstew.com. Um, and we'll give you a little taste of the Blaze's coverage of the Oscars, which is a little bit different. Uh, the <laughs> the uh, Snowflake Awards uh, were the uh, actual event held here at the Blaze. Uh, Doc Thompson, Tommy Lahren uh, uh, hosting that. Uh, but we figured we'd give you a little bit of a taste of it, uh, and in particular a couple of cameos of adults uh, you might recognize Watch. I'm Stubergear, backstage at the 2017 annual Snowflake Awards. We're just a few minutes away from the start of the big show. Coming up tonight, you will see some of Hollywood's biggest snowflakes, like Matt Damon, Amy Schumer, Miley Cyrus, and Michael Moore, who has been nominated for a record three flakies, even though he's completely irrelevant and has been for a decade. Here's some background regarding the flakies. The Snowflake Trophy will be awarded in five categories tonight, plus a Lifetime Achievement Award. So it's, it's actually six categories. If you go to snowflakeawards.com, you can see all the nominees and all the six categories, because there's six, not five. If you'd like to comment throughout the show, join us on Twitter, at Snowflake Awards, and use the hashtag, TheFlakies. As the snowflakes make their way into the Grand Hall, let's go straight to the red carpet, which is actually pink, where we're joined by the guy who sells more food freeze dryers than anyone in America, Brad Staggs. Brad, what are you wearing tonight? Never mind, I'm just glad it's something. Who do you have out there? Oh, oh, Stu, the, the name, huge names. We're waiting on several of them. To, I mean, a lot of big names that you'd recognize if I said them. <laughs> I mean, such a big, big night, a star-studded event. Can you give us a shot of the crowd there, Brad? Uh, I'd love to. <laughs> I'm having tr- trouble hearing you, Stu. I think we're having some technical difficulties out here. Can, uh, go back to you, Stu. Okay, I think we've reconnected with Brad Staggs on the very light red carpet. Brad? Okay, Brad, we're still having some uh, tech issues. Uh, so now let's look at this. No one wants to be a snowflake. No one wants a snowflake to be triggered. But safe spaces are only making the problem worse. Therapists often help mentally deranged individuals, like our nominees, get over their fears with exposure therapy. Throw them in the pool and see if they can swim. And if they can't, just walk away slowly. In that spirit, every nominee in attendance will receive a desensitivity training swag bag. It includes, and I have one right here. This is amazing. It includes uh, a Bible. That's a book for those in Hollywood. We have, uh, ooh, a Constitution class, homeschooling. Uh, Pretty cool. You've got, uh, ooh, a seven-day Caribbean cruise with Ted Cruz, which doesn't even sound good to Heidi Cruz. Um, We've got, ooh, a pair of NFL tickets right here Mm -hmm. to a game in Washington, D.C., an honorary degree to Trump University. And 
An uh, autographed picture of Glenn Beck. Per Glenn's request. We just had a lot of extras. I think we've connected with Brad Staggs now. Is that right? On the carnation pink carpet? Brad? Okay, uh, it appears we're still experiencing some technical issues. Um, As we uh, work through the glitches, let's look at some Twitter questions right now. At Snowflake Awards and hashtag the flakies. Has Doc ever hosted a major award show? Uh, No, but he does self-identify as a major awards host. Is Tommy as nice off the air as she is on the air? I don't don't know. Girls won't talk to me. Uh, Will the Snowflake Awards be an annual event? Uh, Yes, provided you're willing to give us the money to do them. Get your own Snowflake Award. I can't believe they're having me hawk their stupid crap at dnctrophy.com. Brad has some people arriving now. Brad? <laughs> Welcome to the Flakies. This isn't the Korean spa? Oh, no, that's, uh, that's a couple stoplights down. It's on the right big, big white building down there. It's, oh, well, thank you, dude. Thank, thank you. It's... Oh, it looks like we have one of our celebrities arriving. Hang on a second. Do you have just a second to talk to uh, about the Flake? Welcome, Welcome to the... Uh, Back to you, Stu. Okay, uh, as you can see, Brad is, is hard at work, but unfortunately, we've run out of time. Ladies, gentlemen, and those of a gender to be named later, without further ado, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome you to the 2017 Snowflake Awards. A long, long time ago, do you all remember, we were knee-deep in debate, and we had one candidate who said that he couldn't make us great, a thing we haven't had in quite a while, but Donald Trump's inauguration forced a left-wing agitation. Protests out in the street They can't believe they'd been beat They went into their zones to hide And safety pins were then supplied And all the tears broadcast worldwide The day the snowflakes cried So bye-bye to the tears in your eye First Obama, then your mama told you it'd be alright You better grab a blankie and just squeeze it real tight These people need to get a real life Grow up, snowflake, get a real life Triple eight seven two seven back. Hey, it is Pat and Stu, uh, and you know the blob, of course, as usual. Um, um, you have a problem? Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, well, you're just gonna, was it Mr. Blob? You you're want just, you're trying to go by that? Oh, no, as a matter of fact, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. That's Mr. Mr. Blob fine. to us. <laughs> Show this blob okay. a little respect. 
Uh, yeah, no, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Mr. Como. Uh, let's get him in as a, as a grand nozzle before you <laughs> oh, move right. on. That's right. I know you good got point. lost in your, little, mm-hmm. in your little snowflake haze. Yes, I, yes, I did. From the flakies, but uh, we, got, we got grand nozzle to take care of. Okay, grand nozzle vote. Should Chris Cuomo, based on his uh, recent transgender bathroom uh, bizarreness, be the new grand nozzle of the Douche Hall of Fame? And the voting begins right about... In fact, exactly now. <laughs> Interesting way to... Uh, uh, yes. Interesting. <coughs> Interesting way to build that up there, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Kind of the, uh, you just pulled the rug out from under. Everyone was like, oh, I'm going to wait until... Oh, my God, it's time! That was... Yeah. That, I could hear a collective version of that going you on. You heard a little panic? Yes. And then, uh, bang, we're there. It's funny because Chris Cuomo, you know... Like you know, sometimes Harry he can Reed. be a reasonable yeah, at some, person. At times he's okay, actually. Yeah. It's a weird. He's a weird combo. Like he's, you know, Alan Grayson is never okay. Uh, Harry Reid is never, never okay. okay. Uh, these are horrible, horrible people. Um, where Chris Cuomo is just like, I feel like he gets in these moments where he's very defensive of some weird position he's taken and just can't bail himself out. He can't bring himself to say, wow, I screwed that one up. Right. Or that's not what I meant. I meant something completely different. Uh, and I, I shouldn't have said it that way. It's, it's always like some weird justification and push as hard as he can. All right, the voting um, is over now. So 75% is the uh, standard, correct, Jeffy? That's correct. All right. uh, do we or do we not have a new grand nozzle of uh, the we, Douche Hall of Fame? We do not. <gasps> what? We do not. Really? He we didn't make 75%? No, he did not. What wow. did he get? 60%. 60%. Now, I mean, I will say, I, I did right. get some pushback when I was Whatever. suggesting this earlier today, uh, referencing uh, what we call the uh, relevance clause. Now, really? I, look, I don't know. I mean, we'd have to look at the, into the annals of the uh, Federalist Papers of the Douche Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, he's already relevant enough to be in the Douche Hall of Fame. Oh, sure. Um, so the question is, would he be uh, elevated? I don't know if some of the pushback on it was because of that. I mean, he didn't have uh, a he, It was basically this rant um, about uh, this transgendered issue. I mean, he's, I would say, a straight-out activist on this issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's on air, mm-hmm. posing as a journalist, and he's an activist on the issue. Which, yeah. I mean, look, we all have our, our personal beliefs. Journalists are people. They believe things. They, uh, but, I mean, you're supposed to have some sort of, uh, you know, trying to at least seem... Like you're balanced on the issue or understand mm-hmm. the other side. The weird thing about Cuomo and is, and this is something I've listened, you know, over the the you know, last couple of years where I've you know seen the show because and sometimes I listen on the way in in the morning um, on XM, and he's uh, he, I think he prides himself in trying to be the tough guy on both sides. So like sometimes there'll be a liberal on and, and you'll hear him making points you know he doesn't actually believe um, that are on the conservative side because he's trying to push back with the best points from the conservative side. So I don't mind that. This is different though. I mean, he's, he's yeah. uh, seemingly a real activist on this one. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that changes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, meantime, we've got uh, some interesting, uh, an interesting clip on how Pixar changes their movies for international audiences. Some <laughs> subtle things that you may or may not notice. Uh, here's a look. An alternative option to translation is to replace the words all together with images, making that particular moment read more universally. The English version of Up features a money jar with Paradise Falls written on it. The international version, however, has an image of Paradise Falls instead. Rather than translating Paradise Falls into several languages, the image automatically makes it comprehensible on a global scale. This is the same treatment used in Monsters University, 
rather than translating the scare games, animators replaced it with Greek letters. The same applies to Randall's cupcakes. Faces are drawn on the cupcakes for the international version. International viewers, however, will miss out on the quick gag that you see here. Oh no. What's especially interesting is when the changes you see are a direct reflection of culture. For instance, animators replaced broccoli with bell peppers in the Japanese version of Inside Out, since broccoli is widely enjoyed in Japan. On a similar note, when Riley's dad is daydreaming, the American version shows a hockey game being played. In the international version, this has been changed to soccer of since course. it is a much more popular sport around the world. Oh, it's a communist game, and yeah. everybody knows that. And so they replaced it. No, it's a much an more, American game with a, with a communist. It's game. a much more popular game mm -hmm. around the world. It's a communist game, and that's why they replaced uh, hockey with uh, <laughs> soccer. Um, actually, I'm not a huge hockey fan either. No, since that's a Canadian game, but uh, it's okay. Baseball it's, it's better Maybe than well, they were from yeah. up. They were from up north, right? From Minnesota or whatever. That's where they were from. They moved to San Francisco. That's she true. was hot. Right. They that's moved, right. Right. Yes. And she but still, uh, and, I, and I don't remember all the details of the movie. But like, if you're going to pick a sport that plays internationally and plays in America, you pick baseball. Baseball, baseball is a big sport all over the world, and it plays all over. Um, the kid was, now, if you pick football, I could see that being a problem. <laughs> But if it's an Olympic hockey? sport, you can pretty well guess it's international, right? That's why we don't play American football in the Olympics. That's why we do play, or they're about to bring back baseball into the Olympics. Yeah, that was a weird one to take out. Yeah, it was. Place. I don't know yeah, why. Really but. weird. All right, triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Apparently, the average life expectancy is about to break ninety years old in some parts of the world. Well, by twenty thirty, so we still have another. 13 years on that. And that's, that's uh, you ever hear life expectancy? It's life expectancy at birth. So that does not mean people who are alive today are going to live to 90. It means people yeah. who are born today are going to live to 90. Are likely to live 90 years mm -hmm. on average. Um, and that, that will happen in South Korea, for instance, uh, by then. Their life expense, expectancy of a baby born today is 82 already. That places them 11th globally. In 13 years... The female life expectancy is set to surpass uh, 90. South Korea ahead of current world leaders like Japan, Switzerland, and Singapore. Uh, usually it tells us where we are. Okay, we're 31st overall. And I'm not sure why that is. You don't really, you know, it's probably because we're so evil. Uh, is that why? No, usually life expectancy comes down to <clears throat> accidents. Um, we have a lot more traffic accidents than other parts of the country because we drive a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Um, and also... Uh, uh, Heart disease, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think part of that. But it's also um, violence and stuff as well. Yes. Um, you know, that does... Because uh, we have a higher murder rate than uh, in other areas of the world. And, oh, what about our guns? Yeah, guns! about that. Guns! But, I mean, we do have... Get rid of the uh, guns! ...some really nasty city areas uh, where guns are almost exclusively illegal but still somehow exist. Um, uh, so, yes, uh, yeah. that is, uh, that's part of it. Uh, as well as, you're right, heart disease and, and, and other factors. I mean, our health system is not bad. They try, that's how they try to blame the health system. Oh, we have a lower life expectancy. That's not doesn't say... I mean, getting in a car accident going 90 miles an hour down some highway that doesn't exist in France is not a... Uh, Did the doctor save him? If, I, if I, uh, you hit 90, it, it, you run in your car, your Volkswagen Beetle, into a bridge abutment going 90... And the doctor can't save you. Doesn't that say a lot about our health system here in America? Mm -hmm. In Cuba, they, you would have been saved. In Botswana, they would have been saved. So, yes. <laughs> nice try to cover up uh, America's deficiencies there, Stu. I but tried. it didn't work. They could theoretically have pieced them back together <laughs> and, you know, or made them just return from the dead. Right. It's another, it's another. Exactly. I know uh, Walking Dead's working on that.
Let's real quick uh, check out this sassy video of Trump uh, where he was uh, <laughs> apparently sassy at sassy. a press conference last week. Here's a look. Regardless, if you look at the RNC, <laughs> we had a very strong, at my suggestion, and I gave Ryan's great credit for this. It's really funny. At my suggestion, <laughs> because I know something about this world, I said I want a very strong defensive mechanism. I don't want to be hacked. And we did that. And you have seen that they tried to hack us and they failed. <laughs> so I know when you're telling the truth or when you're not. I just see many, many untruths full thing. Tell you what else I see, I see tone. You know the word tone? <laughs> the tone is such hatred. <laughs> I'm really not a bad person, by the way. No, but the tone is such... I do get good ratings, you have to admit that. The tone <laughs> is such hatred. so good. <laughs> It's awesome. <laughs> uh, it works perfectly. Uh, yeah. I don't it, care who you are. You can does. be the biggest Trump supporter in the world. That works perfectly. Still funny. Um, it, it's interesting. <laughs> One of the other things I would point out from that clip, other than just it being funny, is <clears throat> he, it's weird. Like, do you know the word tone? Mm-hmm. Mm. They all know the word tone. <laughs> We're all, we know what tone means. <laughs> Do you know, like, do you think these journalists are unfamiliar with the word tone? I... So he just has so, the strangest mannerisms. Yeah, he really ah, does. I just, he really does. It really has nothing to do with his presidency. Uh, he could be the greatest president of all time and still say things like, do you know the word tone? It's just such a weird way to communicate. Strange. More patents too coming up. Oh, we got a Spoons episode today <gasps> again. Uh, nice. And I think... Ah, we're back to Oreos. I think we're, I there's love cookies it. involved. I saw three new Oreo flavors that are coming out. I know we're going to taste test. Okay. They were like breakfast flavored. Very excited. Yes. Wait, what? It's coming soon. Jelly donut, waffles. Ooh. Uh, wow. Yeah. Ah, it's that time of year. We're getting close to Easter, which means lots of Easter stuff. And Peeps. Peeps are here, and Peeps Oreos are here as well. There's a bunch of new Peeps flavors, by the way, including Fruit Punch Peeps that I saw. Um, wow. We're going to try those. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's, uh, that's the little packaging there, a little, the, the pink cream in the inside. I don't know if this is normal Oreo cream. Again, uh, Oreo cookies. So innovative. They're always doing something wacky like this, you know? So, and didn't you say they have uh, more flavors, like breakfast flavors coming out? Yeah, they waffle, have uh, Oreos wa- or something. Waffle and syrup was one of them. Wow. Ooh, gonna... I bet you that's good. Mm. Um, that was, that's one of them. And then uh, also uh, mm-hmm. Jelly Donut, I saw, was one of them. That sounds really good. I mean, you know, like. No, I haven't tried the cream yet. I just did I mean, the this is just a gold, normal gold, golden Oreo shell. Yeah. That's what we're going we're gonna to lead off with that. Um, I wouldn't say there's any difference there. <laughs> okay, these are supposed to be peep flavored then, right? Mm-hmm. The, the sauce, the cream. <laughs> mm hmm. Big, big sugar crystals in there, interestingly, like the outside of a peep. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty good. Actual chunks of, like, sugar crystal. Yeah, I mean. So, unlike, cre- uh, unlike peeps, there's nothing animal product yeah, actually, in this? Yeah, yeah this is not, uh, as far as I know, like, looking at the ingredients. I have. None of those important to anybody outside of me, so. Um, mm-hmm. So, I say is that the cream is interesting. It's a different texture than a normal Oreo, mm-hmm. in that it tastes like normal Oreo cream. With a little marshmallow flavor type thing to it, but the um, 
sugar crystals, big sugar crystals inside change the texture. I will say though, when you, when you eat it in its full context with the golden Oreo shell, yeah, it just tastes like it doesn't taste like much of a, a, a much different than any normal golden Oreo. <clears throat> yeah, no, maybe a strawberry that. flavored. It's kind of an icky aftertaste. Hmm. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, mm. you like them, Jeffy? You like them? Mm. Jeffy likes them. Um, what he would you, any, any way you could be. improve them, maybe? Would there be a, What's that? Would there be a mechanism you could think of that would, it might improve the experience? Well, no, but I will say that I was disappointed over the weekend that I uh, had a big recall from GNC's uh, ultra-mega ultra time-release dietary supplement. They recalled the whole thing, the 180-count containers. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know why? Why? An undeclared major food allergen, milk. <laughs> anyway, these Oreos are pretty good. It's a long, long. I road. know it's a long way to get there for the job. Long. I, thought, way. I didn't think it to be that long. Long way to the road, ma'am. Well, yeah. I, I don't long know. Road. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I, I, I really like these. I, I don't say, really either. Yeah, look, they're Oreos. The cookies are good. They're fine. They would be better with milk. They're sort of a bitter aftertaste. To me, maybe it's just me. You guys don't seem to be experiencing mm. that. No, no. But I would give mm. this one. Uh, Low on my scale, I'd say uh, seven on a scale of one to eighteen. What? Yeah. I'll give it, I'll give it an eight, but I wouldn't buy them. I would not buy these myself. Now, I mean, I like marshmallow flavored stuff, like you know. But I, I oh, I love marshmallow flavored stuff. But I, 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 there's not a strong marshmallow taste. No, there's not. I don't think there's not a marshmallow taste. No, at all. more of the more they tried to get the outer coating instead of the marshmallows. Right, stuff. but but in the cookie, you don't actually even sense it. I right. mean, when you're biting yeah. into it, like you don't get the big sugar crystals when you're biting them through the cookie. I mean, uh, when you taste the cream by itself, you get a little marshmallow and a little a little crystals. But, but I'll tell you something, they're trying. I mean, they're again, they're yeah. innovating. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, pretty good. I gotta they're give innovating. What I mean, would you give them? Hey, you know, maybe a little over a nine, a little over a nine, or something like that. Maybe you a know, little, maybe, over. maybe a little over a ten, closer to ten, maybe double digit, with maybe double three digits, a little over ten. Double oh, three, three digits. digits. So now you're talking a hundred. It only goes to eighteen. <laughs> oh, douche. ten point, ten wow. point zero. That's three. God, okay. he's stupid. <laughs> oh, bye.